0: out into the world with action. How to prevent
1: burnout with Spencer Burnett. Hey everybody, it's Diane here at Someone Gets Me and I have an expert on preventing burnout, on living effectively and having the right language and mindset to be successful in life and in work and many other things. I first learned about Spencer cruising through Facebook one night and he was doing a live on another person I know Page and I'm like, oh, I want to see who this dude is. And I started listening and I'm like, oh my God, he's speaking my language. It's like I've known him forever and we have the same views and I never heard of him before. So I started stalking him and I'm really glad I did. And then I said, come on, will you be on the show? And he said, yes, so quickly. And I wasn't sure he would say yes. So, Spencer, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I have so many things I want to talk to you about because I just really align with your message.
2: Thank you. And what a beautiful intro. I, I
1: appreciate it. And I'm,
2: I'm excited to be on the show. Anytime that we get to have an open forum to have a conversation about uh, really being overwhelmed by, it, by all of the different elements in life, there's so, many, there's so many beautiful pockets of wisdom to access and to question uh, in, in, the, in the realm of just like energy management. So I'm excited to get into it.
1: Oh, this is going to be so fun. So I titled the show How to Prevent Burnout because I think burnout has to do with our energy management and the world the last year and a half, two years, has taken this big turn. Now, some of us who've been studying metaphysics kind of had have a different way of handling these kinds of stressors. And so would you share with everybody a little bit about how you got to where you are as far as your understanding, a little bit about who Spencer is and and the, your journey to get here, and then we'll move into other questions. Yeah, I, you
2: know, I started off really young, it, having the same exact you know, character and kind of perspective as I, as I do now. I always you know, loved people, I loved entrepreneurship, I loved uh, creation in general, this turning a thought into a physical result, an experience, you know, something like that. Uh, I, I, was even, I was even the guy in high school where guys would consult me to like, how do I ask my girlfriend to prom in a really creative way? Because I just love creating experiences like that. And, you know, through, through the, the natural gifts that, you know, God had given me and some of the challenges, uh, it, re- it really shaped the, the way that I have come to manage life and manage my energy and my relationship with others in relationship with time. You know, I being a, a serial creator I often experience the overwhelm that comes with that—the really, really high highs, and then the Mm -hmm. dips of the lows, where like your entire world is crashing, and and it seems like you're never gonna get, you're never gonna get out of it. And uh, and and through that, I've experienced a lot of success. I've experienced a lot of failure and heartbreak. And over the past twenty years, whether it was in fitness or relationships or in business, I've taken those experiences of myself and others and deduce them down into simplistic ways of thinking, a simplistic way to rewire your mind, to get a better relationship to chaotic energy and how to funnel that into energy of order through your intent.
1: So clearly you're a visionary and we like to be out doing all these different things. So how do you distill down like a gazillion visions and ideas and start to do something with it meaningful where you don't burn out because you're right. The ups and downs are like really big. And so what do you, how do you start that process? Like there's a lot of people listening to us and their number one question that's asked of me in this podcast is how to deal with procrastination and overwhelm and burning out. And that Mm. whole like idea that we have to be like human machines instead of human beings so what would be a good first step? Where, would, where could somebody start if they're listening to us and they're going, oh my God, yes, I need to find a way to distill it down. How do, how do we do that?
2: Oh, well, I'll, I'll give you the heart of it. I will give you. I'll just go straight to the center. Perfect. Because it all, it all comes down to one thing. And it's the one thing that we love about machines that humans really, really suffer from. It's one thing that Google cannot help you with. It's one thing that no coach or mentor or book can help you with. And that is integrity, your intentions, your commitments, your actions, all being the same thing. And when that is your primary focus, the distractions become discernible of what truly is a distraction and what should you actually put your focus on. The overwhelm of feeling late, feeling behind, feeling like there's a thousand things to do and only time to do three. All of that is a, is a poor relationship with time and which, which then causes your integrity to, to be off. And so when you build a a better relationship with time and commitment, it becomes much easier for you to maintain your integrity, which is you, you behave and you execute as intended. And that's why we love machines. Like you, you press the button, the key, the keystroke shows up you press this button the thing turns on i press this button the text message sends. it's why we love video games it's it's like you're pressing a thousand buttons and there's no impedance between what you want to do and it actually happening because it, it's it has integrity well the the part of humans that that should be focused more like machines is the integrity but we get so caught up in in just uh in unfocused expectations that make us not necessarily feel like a robot, but just more so like a prisoner, chained to the desk, forced to be pressing buttons and to be and to be you know, overwhelmed by the distractions until it's time to check out. And so building your relationship to time and focusing on your integrity is is where you start. And that starts with the calendar.
1: Yes, that starts with your calendar. Somebody I I was on Facebook a little while ago and somebody said something about how do you manage your time ago with my calendar, like of course, you know and and then somebody answered like that was like profound. And I was like, oh, OK, well, that's just how I do it. Like, and, and it, you know, that's just the way it is. So. ADD and ADHD and us visionary gifted people that listen to this podcast and everybody, we we can do nine or 10 things at once. And it's very easy to have lots of things happening at the same time. And so when you're talking about integrity, I, I call the time relationship, time optimism that most of my clients will think they can do in five minutes. It really takes an hour to do or they'll write a to do list that's got 50 things on it and they go, I'll oh, have it done by lunch. <laughs> and yeah. and in, in reality, it's, you know, weeks, maybe maybe you could not even do it in a month. But we, we think it will be done right away because we wrote it down. So therefore, it's like not that hard. And oh. so so. I think a lot of people struggle with that type of thing where it's like they're, what their brain says is reasonable and what is reasonable, there's a disparity. So what do you what do you do with that? Well,
2: I mean, I guess you just explained overwhelm right there, where there is a mis, there's mismanaged expectations versus reality. When your when your brain when your brain sets its sight on completing something, it's thinking time, it's it's thinking duration, path, and outcome. How long is this going to take? How am I going to get there? What does it look like when it's done? That type of estimation is a skill. It's no different than a skill. My dad is a project manager for, for a, a woodworking company. He can look at a room and say, "Okay, this is going to take three weeks and a fifty thousand dollars." An estimate is, is a skill, and we don't do that with our with our time. When you see when you when you ask someone, "Hey, I, I need you to write these three emails. When, when you know how long is that going to take you?" and they say well, like I could get that done in an hour. <laughs> Whenever someone says I can get that done, what they're saying is if I'm at my absolute best, performing with no distractions, I feel it in flow. I'm not too. I'm not too tired from earlier today. I'm not too hyped up on coffee. I'm just like in that zone. And, and putting that expectation on yourself all throughout your day, it's unrealistic. But since we set that expectation of like I can do that in an hour, I can do that in 30 minutes, then your day is just a series of mini failures of where you didn't execute precisely the way that you intended to and that that starts weighing on you emotionally and it starts it starts weighing on you know it, it, it creates a cascading effect and so the the way the way to do that is really to stop and think like how long is this particular thing going to take and then add 25 percent to it because like distractions are expected and so plan for the expected, not for the ideal. That makes sense.
1: Yes, that makes perfect sense. Because when you said distractions, I'm like, there's the external distractions. But in my world, I have internal distractions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I want to think right. about this. Or let me look up that. Or let me write about that. And, and so we have distractions from everywhere. So if we anticipate them, then our integrity doesn't come into question as much because we're planning properly. That's what you're saying, right?
2: Exactly. And every time that you have a thought in, the head, in your head, like a desire to create something, keep in mind, the mind, the mind is thinking, duration, path, outcome. So until you answer those three questions, the brain is going to continue to obsess about it until it gets an answer to those things. Okay, so it's obsessing about this single thought now that you haven't allocated, you know, what, what the path, duration, and the outcome is, right? And now, oh, I got another thought. And then you've got another thought in your head. Oh, now I got another thought. And soon and soon it's you know a thousand mini whirlwinds in your head that are cycling without any end because it, the, the brain will obsess about a loop until it figures it out. it gets those answers, time, duration or uh, duration, path and outcome, or it's going to disregard it, which is like, all right, I tried, but not forget it. And this is like the dreamer's disease where you' where you're constantly uh, you're constantly you know, dreaming of these big things, but nothing is actually implemented. Because the first question of like path, how are you going to get that done? It's, it's, it's being ignored. And so then dreams just come up and then they die. And all that it ended up doing to you was causing your, the circuits in your brain to run on overdrive all day long. And like when that's happening and you're actually trying to focus, be present with a person, be be focused on, on, uh, on creating or completing something. Well, with all those thoughts in your head, it's a lot of noise. It's you know like trying to read in a traffic jam, whereas you'd rather read in the park. You know, some maybe birds in the background and a light breeze, but not all that, not all that noise,
1: not all that staticky stuff. You know, right. and therein lies the burnout, because if you mm-hmm. keep stressing out your system on all those levels, then pretty it just can't keep up, and eventually we crash and burn. Somehow, some way, it crashes and burns.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if somebody's stuck with all the stuff in their mind going all over the place, and, and what I hear a lot from people is, I have these great visions, and then they share them with me, and they're totally doable, right? But in their mind's eye, they're so big that they don't even know how to take the first step, and so they just ignore it, or they, or they say, not for me, or they get afraid and say, well, who am I to do that great big thing? So they stop and they they keep themselves stuck with the lies they tell themselves in their heads. And so I know that you talk a lot about precise language and about really disciplining the way people think about things and reframing things. So what would you tell that person who's stuck in their head and they're scared to take the first step because they don't know the whole how outcome, like they don't have the whole picture done, so they won't take the first step. Where would you start with that person?
2: I would start with that person in a car. And I'd sit in that car with them,
1: and I'd ask them where they want to go.
0: And then they
2: would—they'd say, "Hey, let's, uh, you know, let's go grab some lunch." So we type it into the GPS system, and uh, and it shows us the overview, the map. And it's like it's gonna be 20 miles. And then we press go. And then I find—and I'll find it interesting to watch this person drive, as the GPS says, "Head down Main Street one mile and make a right." Now, it would be quite odd. If they're halfway down, you know that that mile road to go right, and they're like, Ah, what's the seventh turn I need to make? What's the seventh turn I need to make? So what is it? Is it right? Is it left? Is it first Street, first Avenue? What? What? It's like, whoa! Just a drive down Main Street, make a right, make a right. Then the screen changes. Great. Continue down First Avenue for one point five miles. Okay, drive down. And so the thing is, is like when someone says I'm this visionary, and I've got, and they tell me that story. It's like that is, you can say that's how you're experiencing it. Very true. But to say that's how you function, that's not true. So because, because, or that's the only way that you function because you, I've never seen someone freak out in looking at a navigation system. The reason that you don't though is because even though you've never been to that restaurant or or that road trip that you're taking, you have full trust that that GPS system is like that road will be there when it says that turn will be there when it says you trust it because because you've experienced it many times before and so that's what's missing is the trust of taking that next step and and making the right and then figuring out the next step so that's the first thing is building that self-trust especially with the entrepreneurs that you're talking about like the the, the creatives we also get caught up in this perfectionism um elements of it uh, of it and the way that i see business trending is people like things that are more raw, that are real and what's real is sometimes the power goes out and interrupts the flow of conversation even though you're in the stream of consciousness but i always say to all the monsters that are you know the ethereal monsters that are uh doing their best to interfere with truth and light being brought to the world i say it is all welcome here because truth cannot be cannot be covered it can only be slightly interfered with so I said, we just get back on to it.
1: Truth. All right.
2: (laughs) So, uh, so once you understand that once you have that self trust, having to know all the steps becomes not as necessary. And sure, it's on your mind, right? Right. And every once in a while, you can press the button to get like the global view to, to see, okay, we've got 17 minutes left or whatever. After you got the, the, um, you know that self-trust it's next is about getting the coordinates how do we get that map view well it comes from revert starting with the outcome remember duration path outcome starting with the outcome and then reverse engineering the path so you've got this big hairy audacious goal that's going to take five years to execute
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then you say okay well what does that look like in three years okay what does it look like in one year what does that look like in this quarter what does it look like this month? What needs to be done this week? And and so you're you're creating all of these mini visions, and then from those mini visions, it, there becomes a little mini instructional manual, uh, manual, of like here's here's what needs to be done. So for instance, every every creator should do quarterly planning. I don't care if you don't even have a business. Like you should you should plan your life by setting goals. And in saying like, what do I want to create? What do I want to see? So in our business, we say, all right, what do we want to build this corner? And then we have a list of three or four projects that we, that we want to build. And then we ask, all right, well, what actions do we need to take place in order to complete these projects? And so we start listing out those actions and then sit down at the beginning of the week and say, okay, well, what are the most important and sequential actions that we need to take to move these things forward? And then we place them in our weeks throughout our days, and then when you wake up in the morning, you just look at your day and say, "Oh, at ten o'clock I need to take this action to uh, to move this project forward. this project will give me the business that I want this quarter, which will give me the money that I want for this year, which will give me the money to invest in my vision, which is going to be in five years from now." so again, it's the relationship to time mm-hmm. it, it, it that that creates that overwhelm, so let's let's chunk it down from big picture, all the way down to like, what do you do right now? What is your next step? Because that's all that matters when you are looking at the GPS. What's the next turn?
1: Right, exactly. Because you're right. I don't think I've ever seen anybody flip out following a GPS, like, no, I'm going to stop halfway (laughs) through or not do it. And then even if they make a wrong turn, it's like, oops, well, it'll recalculate, you know, and it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It'll catch up with me. And it'll tell me where to go.
2: Yeah right and and when you trust your ability to execute when you trust that your intention to put your attention on something three weeks from now is is as is as good as gold as good as done Oh man executing through that the navigation of life becomes so much easier way less overwhelming
1: right exactly oh that's hysterical Next time I'm using my GPS, I'll think of it because since I just moved to this new city and I don't really know where I am or I didn't, I'm starting to figure it out. I'll drive around in the country and check out in the hills. And then when I'm ready to go home, I just hit take me home. And then it tells me how to get back. <laughs> and that's how I've learned exactly. my way around, you know, and I'm laughing when you're saying that. I'm like, no, I don't think I ever stopped or, or did anything like that. I just kind of trusted the process. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to take care of yourself? Wow. Oh. What do you do for you? Because, you know, you're really, you're, you're good at taking care of yourself and you teach people to do that. And, you know, and so what does Spencer do for Spencer?
2: Hmm. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay. What do I do for me? Uh, everything. Everything I do is for me mm-hmm. to some regard, right. even. When you're in service, like there's, there's something that you want to feel. There's something that you want to share. Inherently, everything we do is, is for us. And like some call that ego or, you know, egocentric or, or whatever. Um, it, it's part of our existence. And so I really try to set my life up. So everything I do eventually serves everything that I want. To answer your question more specifically, I th- as I think that you're asking it, is uh, is what do, what do I do for myself? Well, one, I, I take my weekends off from 3 o'clock on Friday to 9 a.m. on Monday. I might as well be bad to the world. I will not answer a text message that I want to. I will not read an email that I don't want to. I've got a protocol with my team that there's one person that can get a hold of me and they have to call me. If it's an emergency, because of course, if someone's in a, you know, in a crisis situation, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but, but taking that, taking that time to allow myself to just be, to think, to sit and watch Netflix for five hours if I want to, to go have a, uh, to go have a cold beer, to, you know, to, um, you know, to go ex- explore the city. That's, <clears throat> that's like, uh, one of the, the, the keystones of like week for, for my week. uh next is like i i like to take interest in a lot of different things and and schedule time to just play so sometimes i'll just get into my guitar for you know a month learn a couple new songs and you know other other times maybe maybe it's golf season and then then i'm doing that Uh, the other day i i saw some basketball courts out here i haven't played basketball in like like 10 years and so i was like oh i'll buy a basketball and like (laughs) And like literally went play by myself. It was humiliating, by the way. Thank God nobody was at the park. It was so bad. Uh, <laughs> it was obvious it was uh, ten also, years, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I I also I, I I really love traveling. What I love so more than, more so than traveling is actually like soaking in the culture of of a new place mm-hmm. because life can get so monotonous, especially in this you know this pandemic era that we're in. Uh, it, it can get very like stale. And, um, and I also have, uh, I also have a lot of mentors. Like I don't have like a, like a single like person that I go to. I have like a council of probably 15 people that I go to that include mentors that I pay for. Um, my parents i'm very, very close with them. Um, a lot of other mentors I do exchanges with. And so these are the ways that I, that I like fuel my soul. Of, of just like fulfillment in to do what I think the primary reason for life is, which is to create a story that has never been told through your intentions, your commitments and your actions. Like, uh, like we're, we're designed. It's designed to be for us. And so like just thinking out of the box of, of you know, what you really enjoy and like what can kind of stretch
1: you a little bit. I like doing. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. Creating a story that, you know, is your unique story is so powerful, right? And I don't know that people think of it that way, but I really love how you said that. So what happens when um, people get um, kind of stuck in the, I don't know, and they Mm want to know things they don't need to know yet or whatever, you know, in that overthinking, I guess, is the way to do it, like that mental chatter. And Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot about, I know, I think I know what the next step is. The people around me tell me what the next step is and I can't take the next step. Like there's that piece of them that's not sure. And I think it probably has to do with the, the trust part you were talking about before. Um, But I'm wondering, I'm sure you've helped people in that kind of situation because you help all kinds of really amazing people and your, your work is, is quite profound. And so I know that you've probably gotten somebody out of that kind of spot by helping encourage them in a unique way to help them see something. So is any is a scenario coming to mind or maybe, you know, a case study or something, of course, without giving away confidential things. But of how people who are feeling maybe they're stuck or they're overthinking, like, how do you break that maybe five or 10 year cycle that keeps dragging you down and dragging you down and dragging you? How do you break that?
2: Well. Understand that "quote unquote" knowing is a—it's—it's it, it's a myth. Everything's an assumption. Mm-hmm. Our our actual existence is an assumption that we're actually alive. This could be a simulation. So okay. we don't know.
1: Could so, be a hologram.
2: First of all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so first of all, change your expectation of 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 what is necessary for you to take the next step. Because if you need to know, then it's never going to happen because nobody knows. I, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if this water is safe. I mean, I assume it is. I have a strong assumption, but actually, water made me a little bit sick last Friday. So, like, <laughs> uh, so you you don't there. Again, you you don't know. I mean, we can even go. We can even go as far as questioning gravity once you start getting into quantum physics. Of like, what do you really mm-hmm. know? So that's a, that's the first thing. So the next is changing the the, the requirement. What is required in order for me to take the next step? And that is certainty. Now, certainty is not knowing, Certainty is on a spectrum of, mm-hmm. of like, I'm 99% certain, I'm 3% certain. So people need this special balance of certainty to uncertainty in order to take action. So certainty, 100% with no uncertainty, you get bored. Never happen. Like, there's no interest in that. And people become lazy and complacent. No certainty at all. And with high levels of certainty, it's terror. I mean, we've all been there where you you don't know, you don't know what's next. So you're, you're afraid to, you're afraid to even move. So before you start playing, so understand the rules of the game. That's step one. Okay. So we're looking for a healthy balance of certainty and uncertainty. So we're engaged, but we also feel safe, right? Right. The, uh, the, the next part is clarity. OK, so so uh, when we are when we're used, when we're interacting with our thoughts and our emotions and all of the ethereal things, humans have this incredible tool that no other creature that we know of has, which is language, language that has grammar, which allows us to anticipate the future and reflect on the past, which, you know, other animals can't necessarily do, not with the complexity that we can. And when we, when we use language, a lot of times what happens is the monsters in our mind, uh, cause us to use certain language that keeps our, the image in our mind, uh, in the shadow, although we think that it's actually there, which is super interesting. And so, and so when we use like what I call void language, it creates these, this, the shadow in the mind. Because in order for us to have certainty, we need to be and and to take action. We need to be able to see it first in our head, right? And 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 understand and believe that this is the right move. Well, belief is made up of two parts of your of your uh, your consciousness, which is the image and then the emotion associated to the to the image, right? I right. I'm like I I I'm hungry, and that's my emotion, and then the image is an apple in the fridge, and so then the direction is. Go get an apple out of the fridge so how to take the next steps to satisfy what i want is very very clear i mean you could even do that i could delegate that damn you can get me an apple out of the fridge <laughs> now on the other hand if if i'm sitting here and, and like and we translate that into the way that people speak people just say i'm not happy. <laughs> well, okay but you are something so what are you because to unhappy is a void Because it's like, again, image, or pardon, emotion, okay, unhappiness. But what's the image? Why? What do you want? How do we resolve this? Can't see it. And this is the, this is the, the, why void language is so challenging. Because in order for you to execute, to get the thing that you want, it's got to be clear what you're going for. And so if I, if I were to say, if I were to say, Diane, I'm writing a number on my hand, it's between six and eight. What number is that? Uh, seven. Very clear, right? <laughs> seven, right. right? Give you enough context, it's clear. Okay, so now I'm writing another ha- number on my hand. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not seven. Now tell me, Diane, how certain are you that yeah. you are going to be able to guess my, guess this number here because it's not a seven? It would be no certainty. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so people do this with with their with, their, with the way that they They speak. I'm not happy. This is not working right now. I, I don't want this. Well, like that when, well, uh, the, the term abracadabra means I create as I speak. As we use language, we're, we're, we're literally spitting out bricks of creation of our, of our path to get to the next thing. But if you're using language like that, it's not bricks. It's just noise and you're at a standstill and you feel stuck. Oh, I'm not happy. I'm not this and I'm not that. Well, if, if, if I'm sitting here. And I say, and you say, Spencer, what's up? I say, I'm not happy. You're like, well, not is a void. So what are you? I'm hungry. Ah. What would you how would you like to what's how would you like to solve this? What would you want that going to be? Well, I'd like to eat an apple. Great. What are the next steps to getting to getting an apple? Gotta walk to the fridge and open it up. It's on the third, it's on the third shelf. Great. Now for you to take action, for me to solve my, ah, I'm unhappy, becomes very clear as to what the next steps are. And that's the value of precise language. And so it's, it, I gave you a very rudimentary, you know, example of this, but this is how I do shadow work where we actually get to interact with your monsters or, or demons or dark forces or, or whatever, because your, your monsters are not roadblocks. They, uh, they are what your monsters are is their turning signals. Nope, not this way. Nope, not this way. That we hear, no, not this way. We feel rejected. But what they're actually saying is, Hey, grab you know, uh, grab the apple instead of pizza, you know, because you feel guilt about the pizza. So instead of being like, Oh, I feel so guilty. It's like, what that, what's that guilt telling you? It's telling them, like respect yourself. And that's not such a bad message, but because you took that 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 feeling so personally you end up cycling or or, or being like ah just throwing your hands up They're like i don't know what to do right 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 so language right it, it,
1: and i love that you're saying that it's a turning signal it's not a roadblock because i think that's right, what a lot of right. people think is they they see it as a roadblock and then they stop and then they're stuck and so if it's you see it more directional like I always tell people there's no finish line or mile markers on the trip. Right. And so exactly. it, it sounds like a similar kind of idea where if you're just paying attention to the progress and the process and you're not trying to get to that destination or you're addicted to the outcome, because it's usually different than you think anyway, it kind of keeps the flow going. So I love that. Yep. I love what you just said. That's great.
2: The, there's there's one part left to it. Okay. So, so the first is like resetting expectations. Next is getting clarity. And here's the final one, surrender. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I got news for everybody and it's kind of tragic news, but it's the only thing that I can guarantee in life. You're gonna die. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And you need to surrender to that. When you can say, this is a little bit, deeper. But when you can truly surrender to death, you can surrender to any outcome.
0: Mm -hmm. So you know
2: what, maybe the GPS takes you down down a road that no longer exists or a bridge that's broken that didn't get updated. And you're screwed. Maybe you need to surrender to that, like life has risks. And it's what makes it uncertain, which makes it interesting. And so the more you can surrender to the outcome, the more, the more you can just shed a lot of that worry in just one fell swoop. A lot of people will say that surrender is the only thing that you need to do. (laughs) That's also dangerous. (laughs) It's it's all of them.
1: (laughs) I get real eerie when it's like all or none at all. Like, you know, that's only thing, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know. It's like there's action, there's there, you know, there's how we think, there's the actions that go with it. There's more than one of anything. But I I love Mm -hmm. that. That's true. If we can surrender to the fact that yes, we're gonna die. Then the rest of the surrendering takes on its own thing. It makes it a lot easier,
2: you know. Right, right.
1: You know, I read a book one time, and one of the questions was, "How will you live knowing that you will die?" You know, how will you live? How will you live today knowing that you will die?
2: And I've had my toes up to that line, you know, half dozen times. When I was younger, I had an autoimmune disease that caused me to get extremely high fevers, like mid-106s. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had over 200 high-grade fevers in my life. I've been tortured physically, emotionally, spiritually over 200 times. And I can recall a, a, a couple times there was one specific time that I was, I was in the hospital and the, the, they gave me three times the pain medication a woman giving birth gets. And I'm still in terrible pain and they inject me with like five or six drugs. And, uh, and, and like it was just putting my system to sleep. And I can recall that final thought being like, uh, this might be it. Wow. And, and and that moment where you're like, there's no stopping it. Your eyes are closing now and the uncertainty is very high. Mm -hmm. When you wake up from that, you, you compare life as you're experiencing it in these new moments where like life is good and you put it, you put it up against that moment there. Because in the, in those, in those moments, you see what matters, what is worth stressing over. And having the discernment of what's worth stressing over is the superpower to being able to manage your overwhelm because things do matter. They do you should stress about certain things. It's important to stress is a is a great tool. But that 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 discernment becomes clearer when you have your toes up
1: to that line. Yep, so totally true. It's sobering to think of, and yet it's empowering at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, moving forward and how is it going to be so that means as a visionary you can you just you create and create and create because you've already surrendered
2: essentially yeah i'm ready to go right now I, like i'm i'm serious right. and and that's the way, that's the way that's the way that i live is uh, is i plan to be around for a long time and uh but the the way that i've built my life and doing podcasts like this with you and um and you know creating an entire coaching program and organization that helps people sort out their minds and their hearts and their plans so they can execute with joy and power and fun that ultimately when you're when you're gone all that's left is the story that you told Mm -hmm. so and stories are the ways ways that we learn And so if, if you have, if you've well documented your, your journey, so those that are curious that, you know, can find it, that's what makes it worth it. And, and, and that's what makes me compelled to constantly create because I don't know when it's going to be over. You know? Right. Right. So. Wow.
1: That's great.
2: And. When I uh, eight years ago, I healed myself from that sickness and made a decision that I wasn't going to get sick ever again. And I never did. Just <laughs>
1: not doing this anymore. I'm done. No, no. I've learned.
2: I've learned. Like, hey, thanks for all the wisdom. It was a really tough university you put me through. Appreciate it. Turned me into a warrior. You know, made me trust. I learned how to surrender. Great. Thank you for the lessons. I'm gonna take my diploma and, and go do something with
1: my life. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, but there's a lot of power in that decision because it could have been a different decision. Like I'm just going to stay sickly or I'm going to go down that road or I'm I'm not going to, you know, do it the way you handled it. You know, so because some people do that, they make the decision to stay in the the other loop instead of the the surrender moving forward loop. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, making a decision means cutting out all other possibilities. And that's what you did. I'm not getting sick anymore. That's the end of it. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, so many times in my life before I even, way before I even like used all these words and people would say stuff, I'm like, well, that's not my reality. I I don't do that that way. I just, I don't, I just do it this way. And they look at me like I'm weird. But at the end of the day, I was the one that either pulled off the vision or did whatever it was. and,
0: And I realized
1: that like God gave me this like naivete kind of like, I just go, okay, that's just what I'll do because I just know that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's like nice and really cool stuff happens. And sometimes it's a mess, but most of the time, really cool stuff happens. And I'm like, <laughs> and I look back and I go, I didn't, like, I knew, but I didn't really know, but it was really fun. Right. You know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
2: you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. Like when I, when I uh, got into Austin, so I just moved to a new city, just like you. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to do when I travel into a new city is, uh, is just throw on some shorts and go running. No GPS, no, and no anything because I, I enjoy not knowing my surroundings. I, en- I enjoy that, that feeling of, of confusion. I enjoy the, the challenge of having to try to find my way back. And so humans don't always want things that are easy. Mm-hmm. We, we love things. We love things that, that are challenging. And, and some people have a higher risk tolerance than, than, than others because they've kind of got a stronger knowing. And so you might need you might not need a, a GPS system to to get you confident enough to take steps, maybe just like a pocket map, you know, right. <laughs> the ones that they used to, used to have.
1: Sometimes all I need is to know that the destination is is actually there and that somehow there's a path. Like right. it's a real like It's a real thing. <laughs> and somehow or other, the path will show up. I, I remember, keep thinking of that one of the Indiana Jones movies where he's standing there and the idol is across the way and there's this big chasm, there's dead, you know, the carcasses of dead people and he just throws the sand and the bridge appears. And that's mm, kind of, mm-hmm. that's how I see it. It's like, all I have to do is be willing to kind of test the water, whatever that takes. And then I'll find where the footing is. As long as I have that vision of, okay, that's the thing. And, and I, um, I think I'm glad I have that naturally. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> I think I'm yeah. more grateful for that as time unfolds. Where I'm like, oh, okay, I think I'll do this thing. And, and cause it's a thing and it's real. And then how I get there, oh, well, that'll be, it'll be an adventure. You know, it'll be something fun.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. In and that, in, in that, that's where a lot of the spiritual work comes in of that, of inner trust. So like, so once you have a, a cleaner relationship to time, not once they're simultaneous but what matters also is the relationship that you have that of trust to the your own inner voice to your higher self to god whatever whatever you want to call it and again that happens through spending time together that's how intimacy works is is like how in quality time and i teach people a lot about meditation and they have this notion that it's designed to turn your brain off and, and and all of this stuff. And all that I see that is meditation 101 is a conversation with yourself. And it's really difficult to have a good conversation in a noisy room. You ever been talking to someone who who's got like one headphone in and they're looking at their phone? Like, you can have the same conversation with that person versus someone that's actually giving you their presence. And have a much deeper connection and understanding of who that person is, right? And so meditation is simply just cutting out the noise in the room. That's why we sit still. That's why we make our, our breath rhythmic. So, so, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, when there's, when there's rhythm, things, the mind slows down because there's expectation, rhythm creates expectation and certainty, right? We, we don't move. We close our eyes. We, we, we make it silent so we can hear uh the voice of our guides of god of our monsters of all the things and so it's simply just about listening observing sometimes when i'm catching up with an old friend there's no agenda i'm not trying to get from point a to point b i just sit there and if i haven't talked in a while i just listen to them talk Mm -hmm. and that's it and that's our connection and like that that's when, when, you, when you start doing it, then you can start interacting with it a little bit and then you can start, um, you know, you start projecting and start asking it like, hey, what do I do? Or, hey, can you get me this? Or, oh, shit, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, how do I, I fix this up? You know, you start listening to that voice and that trust starts to build. And when you have a really strong trust of your inner voice as well as your trust over, like, you know, human time. Like that's the magic that turns yes. you into a powerful alchemist that can turn any, you know, chaotic energy into energy of intent, you know, through, you know, through it passing through your creative system.
1: Right. And so when you're in that and you're being the alchemist, then burnout and overwhelm and all of those things are naturally handled because you're in the flow. Yeah. So it be they become a moot point at that time, at that moment. And so mm-hmm. it's all about that mastery and that trust
2: yeah which and, and is a process, many, it's a process. It, right there's many elements to it you know we talked about discernment we talked about self-trust we talked about relationship mm-hmm. to time we talked about relationship to self uh the the relationship to the the voice of the monster realizing that it that it's you know that it's not a roadblock it's a turning signal right, right. so that the, the under, understanding of the, of the human experience and the condition and be, being able to label these things and understand their the role, then you can start to manip- manipulate them to manage that burnout. Because we get burnout because we want to create so much that we just can't help it and we bite off more than we
1: can chew. Like, that's really what it is. Too much, too quick, and we choke. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it, exactly. Or you, or you get, or you get a stomachache, or you get the diabetes, or you know, it, it, it's. But when when you when you learn when you learn about nutrition, when you you know time your food properly, when you do all all of those things, you can enjoy all of that and still have a vital life. Right. And when it comes down to it, what what I'm here on this planet to do is to give people the rules and the tools. So they can be conscious creators, the the ability to turn a thought into a thing to a result in just a shorter and shorter, more elegant, joyful time, you know?
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. So y'all are listening to Spencer Burnett. And you can find all his contact information in the show notes and do like I did stalk him on social media and things, and you will keep hearing this valuable, wise content and more. And I could talk to you forever, Spencer, but I'm being very aware of your time. And I am I'm so glad that you you shared so much wisdom with me. And I'm sitting here going, we started talking about burnout, but we talked about everything else too, which was kind of my goal. I'm like, I don't really know how to title the show because uh, we could go anywhere. So am I'm, I'm really glad you shared so much and so freely with all of us. And so I have one final question for you. And, um, but before I ask that, is there anything on your heart that you wanted to share that maybe I didn't ask about, or we didn't cover that, that would make sure that you feel complete?
2: Life's pretty simple. It's hard, but it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's get your shit together, like manage yourself and just like go love the crap out of people just do that. <laughs> you can take, you can take out anything. Like as long as what you're doing is is like focused on one of those two things, winning is an inevitability. So yeah.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That's great. So your final question is, it just goes perfectly with everything you've shared today, it's going to be interesting to see what you say. And that is that we're going to create a billboard that the entire world is going to see with your quote on it. What would be Spencer Burnett's quote on this billboard?
2: Speak up. Good one. That's Speak up, period. Speak up. It's how it's how the evolution of the human race separated itself, became aware of itself, um, perpetuated itself faster than any other species on the planet. And when we get stuck, when we get scared, and we get confused, our monsters sew and staple our mouths shut, so we cannot create. So we're stuck fist fighting our own shadows in the, in the language of our minds. But when you bring language to your experience, it can be shared and we can crowdsource solutions together.
1: Yes, speak, That's, up. speak up. That is beautiful. So thank you so much for being on the show today and, and sharing so much. I have goosebumps. I can't wait to, to listen to the show again. It's really amazing. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Diane. Remember, everybody, put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you. You're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there. And as Spencer says, speak up. Until the next time, be well.
0: Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.